For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Saving money on everything for your next project at Menards. It doesn't matter what job you're up against. Works cordless power tools and lawn equipment have the power for you to get the job done faster and easier. The PowerShare 20-volt batteries run longer on a single charge, and they can be used with other tools. Check out Menards' entire selection of Works cordless power tools and lawn equipment. Plus the weekly flyer today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, to the Game of Thrones podcast from Winter is Coming. This is Take the Black, and I'm your host, Razor. I'm here with Annie, Corey Thone, first of his name, and his squire, <laughs> Corey Smith. Oh, man. How you doing, Corey Smith? <laughs> Poor I'm doing Corey. fantastic. Yeah, I worked right. my way up from second of his name to, you know, squire. You're you're getting up there, man. Hey, in this in this world, even a bastard can rise high. So uh, you're doing pretty good. We're proud of you. Keep keep working at it, buddy. Anyway, um, we don't have a lot of news to report for Game of Thrones because really there's not a lot going on. I mean, there's a concert. Um, we uh, do know that the concert tour will have brand new footage. Like, that got confirmed this week. So that's a pretty exciting thing woo-hoo! for people who are getting tickets to go see it. If you got tickets from where you are, you know, you will be seeing brand new footage. I don't know if it's actually, like footage that was cut and left on the cutting room floor or footage that they're going to film for season seven that will be shown for the first time there. But there will be new footage, quote unquote. And also apparently a lot of wildfire. Yeah, I saw that too. I don't know. I'm wondering how they're going to do that. If it's going to be like a on screen wildfire, what are they going to do? Like light it up? You know, personally, I, I used to do like theater and uh, special events and I know some pyro people and I've seen them do stuff that are some very impressive work. Um, and if they got some really high end pyro people to do like live wildfire effects, like honestly, that would be worth the price of admission right there. <laughs> like really everything else, I don't even care. Like I would go for that alone. The Game of Thrones fans that came to a concert, if they had real wildfire, they would go nuts. Yeah. They would go bonkers. But uh, that's really the only, what, that's kind of really the only Game of Thrones real news we've had, right, in the past two weeks that we've had a concert. Hooray, congratulations for us, right? Yeah, and, um, uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's a little unfortunate, you know, the uh, the digital version of Season 6 is out, and they're still doing the um, Game of Thrones 2016 promotional stuff. They've released, um, they've released brand new videos uh, for all of the candidates, so you can watch, you know, political ads for uh, the Jon Snow Lyanna Stark ticket or the uh, Daenerys Targaryen Tyrion Lannister ticket uh, the Cersei Lannister Quiburn ticket or uh, the Littlefinger Sansa Stark ticket and that one you know that's actually been causing some talk the idea that Littlefinger's running mate would be Sansa and people are wondering if that's actually a hint for where her storyline might be going in season 7 do we really think that HBO would give something away like that this early? Like, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that the choice. I think it's just, you know, I think it's just a gimmick. I honestly don't think there's anything yeah. to it. Um, I mean, it could be, but that would be really unlike the show to give that away. So, you know, it, it's kind of hard to say. Um, personally, I think it's a gimmick just to go with the whole, like, you have to have a running mate thing. So, yeah, if you're yeah. not tired of political ads in your state and you haven't seen enough, feel free to go to the Game of Thrones YouTube and watch the ones for uh, the Westerosi elections for Game of Thrones 2016. We need, like, an alternate candidate. Like, I need, like, the Night King and, and like, his running mate. Who would the Night King's running mate be? Uh, we need some... I, I honestly, I don't know, Night King, White Walker? I mean... I guess it's so. Really kind of, 
The the St- chick that got resurrected. Stone- resurrect- Stoneheart. Yeah. No, not Stoneheart. <laughs> the uh, the badass warrior chick. Carsey. Carsey. Yes. Yes. Carsey from Hard Heart. Actually, that wouldn't be bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can take that. That would be pretty awesome. Anyway, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what we think the Game of Thrones end game would be. Uh, what what we think. The Iron Throne, King's Landing, Westeros, the Seven Kingdoms, what it would look like after Season uh, 8 has rolled and the credits are done and everything's everything's through. Who's going to be sitting in the Iron Throne? What's the political state going to look like? Um, who we think might be alive and dead? And really, who I want to kick this off because it was his genius idea to have this discussion is Corey Smith. You've got some ideas about this, so why don't you kick it off with your with your opinion really quick? Damn, I was about to go get another drink. Uh, Too but, late. So my uh, my kind of theory is that at the end of everything, after the White Walkers have invaded, in some shape or form, our heroes stop them. I feel like that some shape or form of democracy will be the end game for Westeros. And not a fully functioning, people are going to the polls and we have districts and we have all this stuff that we have now. But some form of, uh, you know, the beginnings of democracy will be taking shape. Because if we look at afterwards, after the, the big war, and even now, most of the great houses are either wiped out or pretty close to being wiped out. Um, Danny's always taken kind of an outsider's view of everything. She wants to break the wheel. She frees the slaves, et cetera, et cetera. So she's not necessarily kind of embroiled in, you know, kind of the same thought process that everybody else has. So I could see something at the end after everything's done that she sets up some form of government for the people. She's always shown an affinity for the small folk and that they are abused by the greater houses. And so I could see some shape or form of it uh, taking shape. Uh, you really think that she would give up power? I mean, like, her whole thing is getting back to the Iron Throne, right? Like, taking back what was taken from her family, taken from her father, yeah, right? Yeah, but she's a really crappy ruler, and she knows right. it. No, no, she's a, she's a good conqueror. She knows what she's good at. One of the things that we saw her learn this year in Season 6 is that she is a damn fine conqueror. It's when she sits yeah. down to rule and tries to actually, like, you know, do that whole political thing where it all goes to hell. So, well, you know, Corey's theory here is not completely off base. If she basically comes in like Robert Baratheon and conquers the hell out of everything and then sits down on the throne and starts ruling like a crap person again, I mean, how great is Westeros? How, how well off is Westeros going to be? So well, make Westeros great again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you think about, too, that, you know, it seems like, oh, man, democracy in Westeros, they all have all these great houses. There's hints of it in the realm. I mean, you have John up at the wall. He got elected as Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. Well, that's the Night's Watch, right? Right, but I'm saying that the idea is out there. So, where I mean, you know, we also assume that John and Danny are going to team up in some shape or form. So, afterwards... So, I mean, you saw at the Night's Watch, he, he got he got elected, you know, afterwards, if he teams up with Danny and they, they're victorious like we think they'll they'll be, what's to stop him from saying, hey, at the, you know, at the, at the wall, we elected people and then go forward from there. And also, if you if you look at the books, when Tyrion travels through Volantis, he spends a, a much longer time in Volantis. And at that time, they're having a great citywide election. And there's political parties. Um, there's they're called tigers and elephants, and they're all vying for power. They're trying. They're out in the streets trying to you know round up votes and persuade people. So well, that's a convoluted sort of democracy anyway. Don't they kill the rivals anyway? It, like they end up having bloody war anyway. It is. And again, I'm not saying that it'll be a fully formed you know perfect system. I'm just saying that that you know if you look at John, John has an idea of democracy. Tyrion's been exposed to it to a certain extent. And then you also have Danny, who thinks outside the box on a lot of things. I don't see why it's a super stretch to say she might want to establish some sort of council, some sort of you know ruling body that might have you know might be the beginnings of democracy. Well, here's my thing, Phone. Let me ask you this: uh, Who's going to elect her if she comes in uh, laying waste to the Seven Kingdoms? She's got three dragons. 
who um, we know that she, you know, they, they've been known to burn and kill people and animals and livestock. Yeah. And then we have a Dothraki horde who um, she, she wants them to pull people's castles down and, and walls down, and they're known for taking prisoners and raping and stuff. So um, I know she told the Ironborn they couldn't rape and pillage anymore, but didn't she promise the Dothraki horde they could do that? So... I mean, who's going to elect her if she comes through Westeros just killing everything and laying waste to the land? I mean, no one. No one? Really? <laughs> like, in the, the the whole issue with the whole election that happened in uh, Castle Black, it's not really an election if it's for life, like the NWO. You know, it's... Uh, <laughs> I mean, seriously. The new, 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 new World yeah. Order. No, 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 Night's Watch. But uh, <laughs> there's more life. But there's a, uh, the the big problem with that is that it's picking someone to be your leader forever. So it's not really a democracy. It's just, I, I don't know what the word for that is, honestly. I mean, the people of Westeros have shown that they're not exactly all about being so subservient to these six families or so. <laughs> True. You know, they. Uh, I think it was Braun had the quote where he was like, the people of Westeros pray for, you know, lots of a good harvest, a long summer, and they could care less what games the High Lords play, right? And, right. Uh, and then. That was Jor. Sir, sure. Whoever. Whoever's sidekick. <laughs> uh, so, really, you combine that with the fact that they, in King's Landing, came dangerously close to uh, instilling a religious oligarchy for Christ's sake. You know, Ooh, they they don't really it seems like they're not ready for democracy and they're not going to be after the massive amount of casualties that the war that Danny brings, the winter that's coming and the lack of harvest that is following it. Like people are there's going to be a lot of dead people. And uh it's not going to be the time for democracy, I mean, it took hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years for democracy to even start to bud a little bit in Europe, and it was really delayed by massive events like the Black Pet, Black Plague, and the Hundred Years' War, and every other thing that ever happened to anyone living in that time. Because you don't really have time to worry about inventing a new form of governance when your life expectancy is thirty-four. So true. This splinter could kill me. Yeah, well, exactly. Shit. But see, but see, here's the other thing too. If you if you talk about we we assume that Danny and John are going to likely win the war somehow, some way, right? And we also know that Danny has thus far been unable to bear children, so therefore she can't continue on the. Go ahead. You mean the the kid with um, Cal Drogo? Didn't the witch lady? Right. Do that though. So I mean, well, she, I mean, she also said she'd never have she she'd never have children going forward. And in the book, uh, yeah, but also also isn't Tyrion her kid though? Oh, for yeah, her. Oh, for her <laughs> sake. But anyways, <laughs> I mean, but even if she could, I think Danny has seen enough. I mean, they show her in both the books and the show that she recognizes that just because she's a Targaryen doesn't mean she'd be a good ruler because she saw the example of her father, and then she also saw the example of her brother Viserys. So I think she could at least recognize that, you know, even if she can have kids, that doesn't mean that they're going to be a good ruler. So she might be looking for some other way to ensure that down the line, peace and prosperity come, you know, stay in the Seven Kingdoms and something that hasn't been done before. It's always been a Targaryen or it's always been the Seven Kingdoms fighting amongst themselves before the Targaryens got there. So, well, yeah, it was the Andals first versus right. the First Men versus the Children of the Forest. Right. Uh, Annie, you you brought up a good point before we started the podcast. Uh, the fact that George R. R. Martin said this was going to be a bittersweet ending, and um, Corey Smith brought up a point that we all assume that John and Danny will win the war at the end. But what if that doesn't happen? Well, okay, I think there's this level where, you know, this is, after all, fantasy, and fantasy is wish fulfillment, and, you know... In the end, the heroes always win. Like, part of what Martin has done throughout the series is turn our expectations on their head. You know, mm -hmm. in, 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 the, in the first book, Ned dies. 
You know, it is such a shock when Ned dies because the guy whose face on the side of the bus is not going to die. Like, you don't do that, right? That's true. I mean, and that's how they fooled everybody with the first season is they basically pulled the exact same trick that Martin pulls on fantasy readers in A Game of Thrones where they put Sean, they put Sean Bean's face everywhere. He is the star of Game of Thrones, and that way no one expected him to die, right? Right. And... And so he's always one of the one of the joys of this is watching him take those tropes and turn them on their heads. Um, but I do think in the end it is a fantasy novel. And I do think in the end we will have, you know, the good good will triumph over evil, even if good is dumb. Um, and uh, so there is a level where, you know, Corey saying that we expect Danny and John to team up and we expect them to win is sort of the you know, it's the expectation now, as I said, Martin loves turning these expectations on their heads, but at the end of the day, it's a fantasy series, and one thing we did see in season six was that they took us expecting everything to be turned on their heads and then didn't turn anything on their heads and shocked us all by doing that. That's true. Um, so I would say, you know, I was trying, when, when we came up with this as our topic for the, for the, the week, I was trying to think, um, basically, you know, what is a bittersweet ending? of this series like what what you know to bittersweet means that most people will die but there will be a note of hope so you know john probably kicks the bucket again i don't know maybe or you know like frodo sails off into the west um <laughs> or you know danny will probably be danny will probably not survive either you know so who who is it who who brings the note of hope that will that that will follow whispering that things will be better? Um, you know, democracy is one answer. You know, I also thought of I, I don't know if you guys ever read The Last Unicorn by Peter S. Beagle. You know, at the end of it, it's a very sad ending. But unicorns are in the world again. And with that, like, that's kind of the note of hope. And I was thinking, you know, well, are, could the dragons lay some eggs? Mm. And that's when I got to the sudden thought of, wait, all three dragons are named after male members of Danny's family. You know, right. it's never actually explicitly said in the books that any of the dragons aren't male. At least not that I could come up with. Right. Um, no. And so I could... Can, can does it matter? Um, do we ha can dragons can can dragon are they are they sexless? Can they, they lay eggs anyway? A, they can pull a Jurassic Park and just change sex. Yeah, I I don't know, but that was my thought. Is you know one of the notes of hope would be like that the dragons lay these eggs and baby dragons are born and dragons are in the world again and magic is in the world again and even if everything else even if every Stark is laid to rest and the Stark family is is gone forever and the Targaryen family is gone forever dragons are in the world again and without that you know nothing can be truly bad you know or something yeah. to that effect like that was the kind of thought that I I came up with as an answer um you know because i really had trouble like imagining any of our characters really being the ones to rule like i kind of feel like that whoever it is who's going to be sitting on the iron throne or running westeros in any kind of way i kind of don't expect it to be any of our heroes i kind of expect it to be kind of like random dude number three who didn't really mean to be are, who didn't actually ever think that they would inherit. You know, they would be an, age, an, an egg on the unlikely. Right, right. I've always felt like um, whoever it was, John or whoever led the Northern, the Northern Armories, uh, whoever it was going to be, before Season 6 showed us that John was going to be named King of the North, I didn't know who was going to be leading the armies of the North. I always kind of thought that whoever was leading the North would just go back to the old ways of pulling back the ranks and sectioning off the north, you know, like let's 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 secede from the seven kingdoms. Let's go ahead and just be the north again. We'll be the kings in the north, and we'll have our own people and that kind of stuff. I kind of felt like I've always kind of felt like the end of Game of Thrones would be going back to the beginning, kind of like uh, the first men. You know, like you're wiping out a lot of houses. Basically, House Lannister's down to what Jamie and Cersei, right? Right. House Star House Star has a few. Well, Tyrion, I apologize. You're right, Tyrion. I keep 
It's because he's a Targaryen. I'm about to say he's a Targaryen. So. He's a secret Targaryen. <laughs> he's a secret Targaryen. Yeah. Uh, my bad. My Targaryen. bad. A Targman? I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Corey Thone, if uh, John and Danny are the Song of Ice and Fire, what if that song is like a really sad song and they die in the end? What if it's like the worst Boys to Men song ever? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, you guys, I mean, honestly, I just... Uh, I disagree that they're both going to die. I I don't think that's how the bittersweet will come from one of them dying. And I think if that's even bittersweet, I mean, if it's Danny, let's be honest. Um, I mean, she's she's not going to be great for Westeros. Mm-mm. So the one who will be great for Westeros will be John, because John is probably going to dis dissolve the Seven Kingdoms, like you were saying, and it's going to be right. Uh, it's going to become more of a, I don't know, countries full of city states, kind of a Greek thing. You're going to have, you know, the the North, uh, who will probably just stay, you know, friends, but they'll all just kind of rule their own villages or cities or whatever. And they'll be the they'll be the Spartans of the uh, Seven Kingdoms. No, that, I mean that would be more like that would be more like everyone else but the Spartans. Um, That's true. That's true. The Spartans would probably be like Danny if she's still living. Wherever she sets up camp, it'll be like well, we got to make soldiers because that's all I can do. Like Annie was saying, uh, but I I don't know I how the show ends. I think greatly depends on whether or not we are in agreement agreement that the White Walkers will or will not stop advancing south. And that's a good point that nobody's brought up yet, is we still have the largest army in the Seven Kingdoms is the White Walker army, and it gets larger every battle because they just raise the dead every battle. Um, and a few Valyrian swords is not going to stop them. Uh, we're hoping that Dragonfire can stop them, right? That's what we're all hoping for, yeah, basically. Sure. Because or Sam, I mean, or or Sam, I guess, learns something at the Citadel. But really, the Night's King, the Night King, the Night's King, whatever you want to call him, and his army are the biggest threat to humanity. So, do my question, my thing is, does he advance all the way to 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 west to uh, King's Landing? Uh, Corey Smith, we've seen. Uh, the 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 Iron Throne, the throne room with snow falling through the the cracked ceiling, um, and a completely wrecked uh, uh, King's Landing. Do we think that's from the Night King? I, I've does does, does so. he is is he the guy who comes in and wipes the slate clean, and you basically have humanity starting over again? See, I go I go two different ways on this because I I, I think that yes. If, if you're going to have this whole build-up to the White Walkers where we basically see them one episode a season, and yet we're still supposed to maintain this huge menace about them, I think that they have to go pretty far south, and they have to fuck up a lot of shit on their way down there. I mean, I don't see how it would be a satisfying ending for them to get, say, through the wall, either bring it down or whatever they're going to do, and then maybe get as far as, like, say, Winterfell, you know? Right. It just doesn't seem like that would be appropriate for the level of uh, danger that we're supposed to have bought into and that we've seen from them over the six seasons so far. So I, right. I, always, I always assumed that it would be Winterfell because that's where the books started. But you know what? Now that you say that, the fact that we've spent so much time in King's Landing, that you know, we really have we have a real emotional connection to King's Landing, which is why Cersei blowing the hell out of the 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 Citadel at the um not the Citadel but the uh, Septim Baylor at the end of the season was so affecting. So you know, actually, when you say that, I think you might be right. I think getting all the way down to King's Landing is sort of the plan. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see it. It doesn't really. I, I feel like it'd be a letdown otherwise you know and but the the flip side to that argument is if they get past winterfell however fast how however far south they go is what does that mean what does that mean for the people that are right now in winterfell like how do they does it mean either john's in full retreat and he's just kind of fighting them as he as he falls back 
or does he get wiped out on the on the way? Like that's the big question. Right. Is does does the Northern Army, as it stands, do they hold up in Winterfell? Uh, I've heard a lot of theories about Winterfell uh, that it got its name from where Winter actually fell the first time when the, when the first men. For, uh, when they when the first uh, last hero fought the Long Night as Zora High, uh, when he when he defeated the Long Night and all that kind of stuff, that that's where Winter actually fell. And so right. they built they built the castle and called it Winterfell. Um, I've heard theories about that. So like the Northern Army holds up at Winterfell, the night the Night King and his army goes past. Maybe they can't get past the walls of Winterfell. Maybe it's got magic woven into it. We don't know. Uh, and maybe John's army. Harry's the back of um, the Night's King's um, army. Maybe he harries the back lines of it, and and Danny attacks from the front. Maybe maybe the key to the Seven Kingdoms surviving the Night King is that they all have to unite, and uh, maybe even Cersei and Euron have to come on to the side of the living and agree to. Sees hostilities for a little bit, but I don't see Cersei doing that. No, I but I could, I could see that being what, what the the breaking point of Jamie is. I have to kill her because she will not, and we have to join with them, and she will not listen. I could see that being the breaking point, and that being the reason that that Jamie finally kills her. Yeah, and just, and so I I don't know. I mean, I feel like either John's gonna fall back and retreat, or he's gonna go out fighting because it just to me the imagery of John kind of just standing up on the wall as the White Walkers, I mean, on the, the walls of Winterfell, as the White Walkers kind of march past, it, it just seems like, how do you get away with that on the show if that's your hero? He's just kind of waving as they walk by, like, hey, have fun going south, guys. No, uh, I, 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 I can see where that doesn't work. Like, I actually yeah. think that Winterfell falling might be, you know, because remember how Sansa believed that a Stark in Winterfell was somehow invulnerable? Right. What if John gets the same idea in his head and then Winterfell falls and he basically has to face that really nothing he's believed, everything we've always, you know, that it's the same lesson that we saw Santa kind of learn under Ramsay. Yeah, and I, I could see there being a battle at Winterfell, they lose, and John kind of just falls, you know, starts falling back south, uh, you know, kind of in a full retreat mode um, before hooking up with Danny in some fashion. But I'm pretty sure... I've always bought from the fact that there was snow in the throne room that 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 meant the White Walkers would get at least that far. And, you know, we, we're attached to King's Landing, but it's also a symbol of, of all the corruption and the, the power struggle and everything that's been going on in Westeros that's caused... Everything that's wrong with Westeros right. begins in King's Landing. Right, and so I could see Martin saying, like, we, we got to wipe, you know, if we're wiping the slate clean, which we kind of, you know whether we end up with democracy or whatever, Martin's got a theme of trying to wipe the slate clean, and I think that includes King's Landing, and I think it goes in some shape or form. Well, you know that what that means is if the Night King and his army march all the way to King's Landing, they've got to take out um, most of the north, right? They've got to take out the Riverlands. And then they, on their way to the to the capital, they take out how many major castles along the way? You have River Run, you have Harrenhal, which is basically abandoned anyway. But you have a lot of major castles in, along the way that are just going to be a lot of families are just going to be wiped out. I could see a, a lot stand of, at, at at Harrenhal actually. You know, one of the things about Harrenhal, even though it isn't focused on in the TV show so much, it it's really kind of a crossroads at a lot of points. In the books, and I could see that because it is a major battle scene for us later on. You know, maybe, you know, I mean, all of this started at Harrenhal. The tourney at Harrenhal was when uh, Rhaegar met Lyanna and and fell in love. Maybe, maybe it's not King's Landing. Maybe the the final stand is at Harrenhal. And Heron the Black built that castle to withstand everything but Dragonfire. I mean, the, the, the walls are are humongous. Even now that they're melted, they're still impenetrable by an army. So, uh, yeah, that would be an amazing stand that if they try to stand there. But, uh, Corey Thone, as a show watcher, basically, I mean, I know you've read a lot of theories and you know a lot what's going on, but how would you like to see... What's, what's your idea ending for, for Game my of Thrones? My ideal what, ending or the one... Yeah. Or, or, like, my biggest theory? 
Well, both, basically. I want to know what's, what you kind of want to see happen and what your theory is. My ideal ending would be um, basically, if I, if I could pick, honestly, it would be for Danny to, uh, to die, for the dragons to be... She dies because her army can't win without the dragons. They, they can't take these castles, and the dragons are taken away by Bran and maybe even by John. Uh, with warging uh, and or an ice dragon or something, I really don't know. And without her dragons, she's just a really big army against castles, and they're not coming outside. So of course that's after she sacks King's Landing and stuff. And then John uh, and Danny, maybe through Tyrion, if if Danny isn't killed, they work out a you know through Tyrion and Jorah and stuff, work out an accord to fight the White Walkers. I don't know. I mean, there's lots of directions they can go, you know, and, and it would make sense. Uh, I think it was, I think it was Kid Harrington who said that Danny and John are either going to fight or fuck, and <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's I, did, I didn't hear that, but that's awesome. <laughs> pretty sure he said that last year at Comic Con or somewhere, and uh, I mean, I think that's true. They're either going to fight it out or or hook up or both. I really don't know. Um, my theory that I've had for a little while now is that uh, is the God, what was the show was it the what's the show where the kid has the snow globe and oh God the hospital oh the uh, general Saint hospital Elsewhere? Saint no, Elsewhere? No, it's Saint Elsewhere it's Saint Elsewhere okay so the, and Saint the hospital Elsewhere? and the and the hospital is inside the snow globe autistic, that an autistic kid's child head, yeah. is playing with. Super weird. Oh, I hate so, you. So I it's, hate not, you. it's not quite that bad. Um, I'm not saying all this stuff didn't happen. I'm just saying that it's all uh, being very much uh, exaggerated by an elderly insert person on the show, Tyrion, probably, to a bunch or of Sam. or Sam. Yeah, Sam. That's a great one. Uh, as, as Sam is writing it down about how Jon Snow saved the world and died, saved the world from. Both White Walkers and Dragons, and uh, uh, who lives, who, who dies, who tells your story ending. Exactly, and so John, so John is dead. Danny's dead. Everybody's dead. Sam, and Sam is finishing, uh, basically, kind of the Lord of the Rings style, the War of the Seven Kingdoms or whatever. And I don't know. Let's say the Starks are in control or something. I, I got nothing. But, yeah, but instead, of, instead of the reckoning of the Shire, you have the reckoning of the North. Yeah, okay, I got yeah. I mean stuff like that, right? So I mean, basically, <laughs> that, basically that this is like, and one one was twenty eight feet tall. I mean, he was probably like maybe six five, and <laughs> uh, you know. The dire wolves, when they stood on their back legs, they were stood higher than a regular sized man. Oh, I doubt it. You know, or uh, Jonah was swallowed by a whale. You know, was he? Or is that a parable? You know, I mean, is, is was, right. was was Goliath eleven feet tall? Probably not. Uh, and I mean, did the White Walkers were they really a bunch of dead people, or were they just people from the north? And that have blue eyes and very pale skin, like a bunch of Swedes or something. And uh, they they came down south and and fought a war. I mean, I see. I was saying like this could all be just bullshit, like an old man's story. And that uh, oh, it all turns out to be old man's uh, tale. Oh my god! No, no, no. If if any, (laughs) you're making him mad. Corey denies you. If any any version of what you just said comes true, that this is some like drunken story that Sam's telling at a campfire one night. I'm not night, saying I'll, he's drunk. I'm saying he's. I he's will writing. burn. I will burn the books in my front yard and put it on on YouTube. Oh, no. Like, don't do that. No, oh god. No freaking way. Like, just. I feel like if they pulled that, that people would like show up at Martin's house. Like, <laughs> I mean, seriously and though, just let's pull them apart. Like, this, this, no. here's the thing for, I mean, honestly, with, you know, dragons and, and zombies and all that shit, like, I think that's not out of the realm of possibility that it's all just exaggeration told. Corey phone has, two things go, phone has two things going for him. One, there's still one huge reveal that's going to happen in either seven or eight, right? right? George R. R. Martin told Benioff and Weiss, the showrunners, that 
there were three major reveals. One was Shireen burning, one was Hodor meant hold the door, and the third one has yet to be revealed. Okay? So you got that going for me. It could be a huge twist where it's all been some story or, you know, so they wake up in, like, the 90s and it's like Bran is some kid in a wheelchair and he's, like, living the dream, you know, some kind of thing like that. No, uh, actually, or, that's something else that I've thought of, too, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that the bittersweet ending is Bran watching all of this happen, like, watching – like, he basically has to let John die. He has to let – his family die and all that stuff to save the kingdom and to save everyone's life in the world. Because he knows that's the only way it could happen. Yeah, he has to like let it happen because he does have the power to change it, but he has to choose not to. Very, you know, kind of like how, uh, oh, what's that movie with Jill, uh, Donnie Darko, where oh, he uh, he knows yes. he he can make the choice to. Spoiler alert! I haven't seen it. Oh fuck off! Oh, it came out. In <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> Yeah, it's older than that. It's like it's twenty years 15, old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he has the choice. To, he has the choice to move out of the way of the uh, of the engine, but he chooses not yeah. to because he knows that it will all end shitty for everyone else. So, so Brand, that's bittersweet. Is that Brand saves the world, but he has to sacrifice literally everyone to let it happen. Uh, but anyway, finish your statement. Sorry. No, but I'm just saying I kind of I kind of like your idea of there being some kind of major twist reveal that nobody would really see coming. Um, that would be kind of cool. And then, of course, obviously, uh, I'm on the uh, I'm on the the path that there's going to be a, a, a complete wiping of the slate, a, com- a complete just everything is going to start over. Basically, you're going to have. Um, you know, a few remnants of houses that start over in the Westerlands, in the north, in the Riverlands, and in the in the, in the Vale of Aaron, and you know, whatever. I think the White Walkers are just gonna. That might be your bittersweet right there. Is that, yeah, you might have a few heroes survive, but humanity as a whole will have been wiped off the planet from the White Walkers, and then they go back to sleep. They don't get defeated. That could be your. That could be your twist. Is the White Walkers aren't defeated. They take King's Landing, they wipe out humanity and go, okay, it's time to go back to sleep. So, you know, I, I don't know about <laughs> that, but okay, but, but I do have to say, like, here's the thing about, you know, when you bring up Bran, because, uh, you know, Bran is kind of a wild card. I have never been of the opinion that Bran was going to really reconnect with the rest of the characters, that he was always going to be, like, something that that was, like, if they if they knew he was there at all, he was there as kind of a spirit guide that they didn't really quite believe in. Um, oh, but you yeah. know, when when you say that, when you say the thing about him working into the dragons, you know, it totally strikes me. Why isn't he? Why don't we ever consider him as the third head? That's true. I, you know? I, I, I kind of have. I bought him more as a third head than Tyrion. Me too. Yeah. And also, I think there's a re- there's a reason that Tyrion. Uh, constructed that saddle for him. There's, yeah. there's a reason that saddle, that special saddle, was made for probably sitting somewhere in Winter, Winterfell right now. And also yeah. the the idea that uh, John uh, and maybe I, God, I'm really as I'm reaching, I'm gonna have people in comments being like this asshole. But uh, <laughs> uh, the the concept that like Danny, John is trying to convince Danny, and maybe Tyrion is too. Hey, you don't need to fight each other. You have to like fight these White Walkers, and then. In order to like prove it, Bran takes over one of the dragons, like even the big one, and is cool. like, is like, look at this shit, and then like takes the dragon away from her, and then brings it back, and is like, you're not as powerful as you think you are, and um, <laughs> it's like, listen, we need your help, and the actual entire point of fighting the White Walkers at that point becomes protecting Bran, who is at one of the at the Weird Tree inside of uh, Winterfell. And uh, that becomes like the most important thing is protecting him because he has got a job to do. And uh, he might even be going back through history trying to find – oh, my God. He might even be trying to find a point back in history where they could stop the White Walkers from happening, burn them all, burn them all, right? So he Holy like, shit. he's trying to um, to go back and, and figure out how he can prevent this from happening. And then we get that really shitty butterfly effect ending where everything just stops and like all the White Walkers are gone. And um, it's because Bran, which would make no sense on a timeline, but that Bran, like, I don't know, that's just shit like that. I, I, I don't quite see that, but I do see where you're going, and I don't think that where you're going is wrong. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I think, I, I that, think, I think that, that's a step yeah. too far, but sure. I think you're on to something here. 
I, I hope so. I really, I would, because I, I really think that the, the the whole point of seeing what Bran can do is to it, it almost because because his big scenes happened, you know, in almost mirrored times with John or Danny's big scenes, and it's to show that like. He's actually operating on a much higher plane, and, and you're probably not getting it, but he's ten times more important to the future of every person in Westeros than John or Danny or the games of these High Lords. And, uh, you probably don't know and, this, but I'm a, I'm a pretty big deal. Yeah. And but, uh, and uh, just for the record, because you're not a book reader, you probably you you wouldn't know this, but you know who the first character we meet in and the first point of view we get is it's Bran. Um, oh, I was gonna say Vardaman from. No, it, it's Bran. And so, you know, I've always thought, you know, Bran is actually, though we all, you know, kind of get focused on Ned and Ned is the hero and everything. But, you know, perhaps Bran is the hero the whole time and the whole way through. Especially if if Bran is Bran the Builder. The the same one. Yeah, if you start tying that shit in, yeah. Yeah, because if he's the one who built Winterfell... If he's the one who built the wall, then you could definitely see Bran being overall more important to the story because he's been influencing stuff for thousands of years trying to fight the White Walkers. I'm going to take Sun's theory a little bit step further. I like the idea that they're protecting Bran at Winterfell and the Godswood. So, like, Winterfell is where, where, like I said earlier, the theory that the name came where Winter actually fell, maybe that's where all the armies of the living converge. Maybe, maybe. Danny has a... Maybe Danny's got to take her armies there. Maybe that's where she hooks up with John. And if, if I'm maybe. if I'm not, I might be wrong here. You book readers can correct me, but isn't that the furthest south that a weirwood tree is? So it's the furthest away from where? In no, 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 no. There's there's actually other weirwoods that are further south, but they've been they've been taken out. They've been burned down and and uprooted. It, it's the, yeah. No, is the furthest south weirwood with a face though the one at Winterfell? Oh, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, they don't have faces. Uh, the, uh, no, 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 no. The Isle, the Isle of Faces by Harrenhal. Oh, yeah, also, uh, and that and that goes with the theory that Harrenhal is where the last stand is. Well, they and also had him being. I'm sorry, go ahead, Corey. What, I forget the name of the castle, but it's the the Blackwoods. Um, yeah, the, that's the Riverlands. Yeah, that's, that's where Harrenhal is. So too. So yeah. Also, if we're going with the idea that uh, dragons fire is like a thing that can stop White Walkers, how could they ever penetrate Harrenhal? If all of the walls have been like scorched and melted by dragon fire, so that could actually be oh. really important going forward oh. too as a garrison. The dragons actually protected Harrenhal by melting the walls. You mean oh Bran protected John? Bran! Oh my God! Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's here's the other thing that kind of goes along with what you're. And God damn it for making a good point, but said <laughs> <laughs> high-born education, man. So, you know, how many times, uh, you guys will have to correct me, but how many times on the show do they say there must always be a Stark in Winterfell? Oh, they said it a lot in season one Right, two. just yeah, in they season kind of dropped th- it later through. They kind of dropped it later on. Right. Yeah. And and so, I know they say it a lot more in the books, but on the show, yeah, I think it was just seasons one and two. And I think a lot of people always took that to mean that there was some sort of, and this goes along with, what you were saying, David, about where Winterfell being where winter first came, um, that if there always has to be a Stark in Winterfell, that that might have been why the White Walkers are coming now, because for the longest time there wasn't a Stark in Winterfell in the books, because they got driven out first by Theon and then later by the Boltons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now Sansa is back there, um, but it might be too little too late. Um, yeah, and even in the books, there's still not a Stark there, right? Because they, because it was fake Sansa there, right? Jane, and so they might have dropped that storyline in the. Yeah, sorry, just a, you guys can tell me. Oh, that, fake Arya. Tell, tell me that, tell me that later. I don't even fucking care right now. The, it's it's fake Arya. It was Jane Poole. It was it was Sansa. Oh, okay, I did. Okay, I have heard about this. Fake Arya was the one that married Ramsay in the yeah, books. And, yeah. Anyway, right. So they could have streamlined that whole thing for the show, but as far as it being an overall theme. It, 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 Winterfell could end up being more important to everything than we think, and having a Stark there might mean they need Bran there, um, connected to the Werewoods, to do whatever the hell it is he's going to do. Well, we did have in season six. John did say when they were at Castle Black talking about rallying the Northern houses, they said, "Before we can fight, 
the Night King, we have to get Winterfell, is what he said, right? Right. right. So John knows that having Winterfell as a base of operations, as a headquarters, is important. He knows that. Uh, at Comic Con, Bran said that you know he can see. You know, I I don't think he officially confirmed it because he doesn't have his script yet by then. But he did say something to the effect of, "Bran's at the wall now. All he's got to do is send a raven to John and say, hey, look, I'm a wizard.'" And your mom, your your mom, your dad's a Targaryen. Your mom was Lyanna. Blah blah blah. Hey, I'm a wizard, and your mom, and that's all. Yeah. Like the fucking letter. <laughs> well, hey, actually, he called mom, himself stop. a tree wizard. Yeah, tree wizard. I'm a tree wizard. Stop. Your mom, stop. Anyway, they don't uh, have a lot of space to write on those little notes. Yeah. That's true, but I mean, I think Bran gets to Winterfell relatively fast, especially if it's going to be a shortened season, and then you have uh, maybe maybe Thone's theory, maybe Thone. Is a is a fucking genius, and and all the armies of the living have to come to Winterfell, and John doesn't ever have to leave Winterfell because everybody's coming to him. Well, yeah, and that's kind of the thing is if it, it's kind of setting up that way. Just I mean, if you look at where Danny on a map, where Danny is going to a probably have to land with her army, and then b where she's going to want to go, it's going to be going north, which is toward John. She's going to fight a very uh, not impressive army from King's Landing that might be bolstered some, as as Smith's pointed out several times by uh, Euron, and and when that is over, and I think we can all agree that's probably going to go. It's advantage, Danny, right? Yes. Right. Uh, once once that happens, she's in King's Landing. She's going to go because she's a conqueror and she has no interest in democracy or anything like that. She's she wants <laughs> the Seven Kingdoms. She's going to go. All right, well, we need to go to the north. Let's go, and she's probably going to give John the offer of bending the knee, but that's when, you know, at that point, if everything goes well, you're going to have uh, Liana Mormont and Jorah Mormont. You're going to have uh, right. Theon and John and Sansa and just everybody reunited. You're going to have Tyrion back there again, and you're going to have... Um, I feel like I'm missing someone, but uh, you're you're going. Oh, and you're going to have you know the wildlings who are going to be caught up in that. And and as Danny moves north, she has a chance to run into the Red Witch. She has a chance to run into Arya. She has a chance to run into uh, the Hound and the 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 brothers the that brother. banners and all that yeah. shit. And and honestly, they they all we need all of them to fight the White Walkers. So there's a chance. And see, this is the thing: is there's a lot of people that are going to hear this and go. Oh, that's way too cheesy. Uh, you know, that's that's. But yeah, it is a fantasy story. It, thank you, and Andy. That it, is it's how not it just works. It's a fantasy. Not just is a fantasy. It's just it's a story. And let's let's story. cut the shit. Like a, a bittersweet ending doesn't mean everyone has to die. It means something. It doesn't all work out perfectly, but it still worked out. Like it's still sweet, right? It's like right. I don't know. It's not a great example, but Jesse getting away in Breaking Bad. Was a bittersweet ending. <laughs> That's a good idea. Uh, Another yeah. fucking show I haven't seen. Thank you very well, hey, much. Hey, Corey, I don't give you know what? a shit. Like, catch up. It's Breaking Bad. Join the millions and millions. You're in a minority oh that my hasn't God. seen it. Good God. You know what, Corey Smith? You go to hell. You go to hell and you die. <laughs> Seriously. Join the online gaming sensation, Corey. <laughs> I'm sorry, and I know what the space dies anyways. It's yeah, all good. It's, and it, trust me, and I could bitch. Spoiler alert. I could bitch for a while about the last I season. said what's his face? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Anyway, no, but um, uh, before we wrap this up, because believe it or not, we've almost talked for an hour about this, and this has been an amazing discussion. I can't believe that it evolved into an actual working theory. Uh, but um, I still think that to tie this in, I think um, something that Isis said two podcasts ago about uh, the uh, the religion of the Red God coming over to Westeros, I still think that happens. Um Maybe that's got to happen too to help bring because you know you have the faith of the seven that's that's been brought low, um, and yet now you've got the Brotherhood without banners. You've got Melisandre. They all believe in the Red God, so maybe they can start uh, proselytizing and getting uh, Rolor, uh Red Rolor, to uh, to the Seven Kingdoms, and that will help Danny out a little bit. But I kind of like Corey Thone's idea. Here's my idea for who survives at the end. Um, I think I think. I think they all do, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think your major heroes. I think A Song of Ice and Fire. I think Danny survives. John survives. Um, 
I think you'll lose people like I think you'll lose major characters like Littlefinger. He's got to die. He can't survive. He cannot survive this story, and there be good guys. You know that in. I'm not saying they're both going to die, but Davos and Tormund both have very thin plot armor at this point. They they do. One of those one of those two have to die. I think. Uh, yeah, it I could think, be both. I, I hope. It's but Tormund not. could. But Tormund could be reestablished as the king beyond the wall if he yeah, wants to. Yeah, but also you talk about someone coming out of left field to end up on top. Davos would be a perfect candidate. He doesn't oh, want. Wow. He doesn't want. But that's, but why, he, but that's why he does. Right. That's yeah. why he's perfect. He came as a smuggler, rose up. He would be a perfect out of left he field. He would be the true unlikely. Right. Exactly. But anyway. Well, then, but then Gendry rose his boat in, and he. Nah, fuck he that. <laughs> But uh, I I don't know, man. I think the I like the bittersweet idea of not everybody dying, but there's something sweet to the fact that maybe maybe Bran realizes he's got to go back in time and reset things to a certain point. Um, Can he do it? And that means- to a montage of Huey Lewis's back in time because that would be great. <laughs> no, no, no. They'll use power of love and we'll all get back to the future. At least five. At the power of love. All right. So we so, will um, get his residuals, and everyone will yeah. move on. So, um, uh, tell me, Night's King, and, do you like Huey Lewis in the news? <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure to add that into our first interview with him on Fox News. <laughs> oh Lord Jesus Christ! <sighs> so, uh, Corey Smith, who do you think's gonna? What's what's your uh, opinion? Who's gonna survive in the end? Um, I, I mean, I think that it's gonna be along the lines of kind of you know. Martin's always talked about how he's a big fan of Tolkien and, um, you know, and Tolkien, you know, at the end of Lord of the Rings, you know, Lord of the Rings was a culmination, just like Game of the Game of Thrones is a culmination of thousands of years of shit going down. Um, I feel like that it's going to be sort of similar to that. And that at the end, I don't think all our heroes will survive. I, I'm in the minority and I think Tyrion dies before the end of the series. Um, I, I think that especially in the books, they make a big uh, point of killing your relatives, being a, kin, a kinslayer, um, eventually ends up getting you killed. Um, and so I think if Tyrion is not a secret Targaryen, then he did kill his father, Tywin. <laughs> However much of an asshole Tywin was, he still killed his father. And I think eventually, karmically, he has to pay for that. So... I could see Tyrion dying and that being part of the bittersweet ending because uh, everybody's favorite character dies, right? And and I also don't think John necessarily survives um, on top. I like like I we kind of touched on earlier. I could see John taking the the Frodo path, uh, i.e. he I don't know sails to Essos, goes to Shy, uh, goes back to live north of the Wall with you know his dead. Lover. He goes. He goes to Dorne and like lives in the Tower of Joy. Yeah, it just. Born. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> Ned tore down the Tower of Joy. But anyway, <laughs> I, I just don't see John ending up on the throne. Whatever ends up happening, either he dies along the way, or he abdicates and rides off to just basically settle in some corner of the world. I, I don't see him, you know, ending up happy at the end. I. I do. He's got the. I think. I think out of everybody, he and Danny have the thickest plot armor. And uh, I mean, come on. You, he, he's already been brought back from death once. Right. He survived the Battle of the Bastards, where he should have died several times in that battle. Come on, man. No, I don't. Think, uh, like I said, I don't. I think he'll take the Frodo route. I don't think he dies, but I don't think he ends up with a happy ending. I think everything that's happened to him, and we kind of saw that a little bit in season six before he got motivated by Sansa. He's tired of fighting and he's tired of struggling and I think Yeah, but he's happy now. Look you saw the smile and he actually smiled in the finale. Right, but if you if he goes through a whole another he's about to go through a whole another cycle of shit and I could see him at the end of that just being like, All right, I'm done with this. I don't want to be in charge of anything, I'm going off in the sunset and I think that looking him out. Yeah, and I think that could fall under the bittersweet because we all kind of, you know, want him to end up on top and if at the end he's like i don't want this and just goes and you know raises some kids in the north or some shit i i don't know that seems bittersweet to me especially if you couple that with Tyrion dying along the way all the other about you all the other minor characters i don't think matter what about you annie who do you think survives um i have always been kind of of the opinion that both john and danny will die 
Um, I feel that their their deaths are sacrifices, um, and that. But I've also kind of wondered, like, what will I think? To me, it depends what will happen when John and Danny finally meet. Um, if John and Danny meet, and it's like when Rhaegar saw Lyanna, then only one of them will die, and the other will live on without them and rule without them, and that will be part of the bittersweet ending. Um, uh, yeah, I, broken I, heart. Yeah, I do think that that would uh, that would be one argument for only one to survive. Um, I I still think that the person who ends up on the Iron Throne is a random, um, whether it's Davos or it's somebody else. But I really do think that it's not Danny, it's not John, it's not it's not Littlefinger, it's not Sansa, it's not Jamie, it's not any of our. The people who you would think of are our top tier A list actors, like in the show, none of those people would be it. It would be like it would be like Tormund or Leon Cunningham or 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 Braun. Or Braun or Arya or <laughs> you know, not Arya, but you know what I mean? Like these are yeah. it would be a secondary character and unlikely. Um and you know, I, I do think I do think Smith is right. I think that Tyrion probably he has very thick plot armor, don't get me wrong, but I don't think i mean being a kinslayer is a big deal and he really did commit a sin against the gods when he killed his father and that is something that he probably does have to pay for somewhere down the line even if it's not actually a thing where he paid maybe maybe jamie kills both both cersei and Tyrion. That would be an amazing it's, scene. I, I would hate for that to happen, but I, that would be amazing. And if also if, if, if that happened, I would cry like a... I would, I would yeah, I would like But also, you've got to remember, as the series starts to wrap up, plot armor means nothing. Because That's true. you don't need it to continue the plot if there's no more plot. So anybody, you know, once we start hitting these seventh and eighth seasons, I think all bets are off with almost all the characters. Because, except for maybe Arya, since that's uh, George Martin's favorite, his wife's favorite character... I think plot armor means very little going forward. But what about you? What about you, Thone? Uh, before we wrap this up, sure. who do you think survives it? Uh, I think that Arya survives. Although I don't think that she can ever go back to being a lady of Winterfell. I think that she no, uh-uh. she takes off and does her own thing. Uh, I think that I do think that either John or Danny dies. I don't think they both die. Uh, I also have always thought that Tyrion would have a very heroic death in some way. Uh, and I, I do think that, um, you know, he's gone around and left a good impression on the people that are left in the world. Uh, Danny, John, they all think fondly of, of Tyrion to his, to an extent. So, um, I think that he won't be remembered as a kinslayer. He'll be remembered as something else, the, the hero of Blackwater or something like that. Um, gosh, other than that, I, I think that, that Sansa's definitely up in the air. I think little, oh, yeah, little finger is up. Is, he has to die. I think that uh, varies is a good chance that he dies. And then you get into the, the, the rest of everyone. I think there's a good, I think they could all, they could all die. I guess if I was to pick one, you know what? I'm going to, I'm just going to, uh, Tormund lives because he should have been killed <laughs> by that one guy and he bit his throat out. So, you know That's what? True. Screw it. Tormund wins. Hey, let me, so. Let me ask you this really quick. I'm, I'm only going to ask you this question, and we're going to wrap up. Out of everybody that's left alive, who's most likely to die, and then we see them on screen as a white, as as a as a white, as a, as a dead, as an army of the dead? Who's most likely to do that? Hodor. Hodor? You think we'll see Hodor come back? No way. No. They don't want to torture. That's torture. That's torture. But that's I can statistic. see it happening. Okay, but you know what? If we're making predictions, I would say that uh, along with Cersei next season, because I do not believe Cersei will survive season no. seven. I no. think Littlefinger yeah. won't survive season seven, and I, I I'm going to go on record now that I will be very surprised if Sansa survives season seven. Wow. Yeah. Me too. I kind of agree with you too. <laughs> I. The only way she survives is if she marries into a, a northern house and has children, and like that's how they bring the Stark line back is through is through Sansa. But uh, whatever. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so that that's basically the take the black theory on how things are going to end in Game of Thrones. Uh, I I think it could be a huge twist. Like, and I kind of like Corey Thone's theory on it. Hopefully, we'll see something like that happen. We'll see. But one thing we do know for sure is it's going to be a long time before we actually do see anything happen. Yeah. So uh. 
Tune in next week. We'll have some more fun discussions to talk about. Make sure you let us know in the comment section or on Twitter. Uh, if you want us to talk about a certain topic on Take the Black, let us know, and we will discuss it. Uh, for Annie, for Corey Smith, for Corey Thone, I'm Razor. This has been Take the Black. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.